So it's not often that you would tune into a podcast and somebody would try to get you excited about being in third place. People don't strive for third place. They, they want to be in first place. But today on the podcast, we're talking about the joy of properly placed priorities. Jesus, others, and then you. And being in third place is actually the best place to be. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I am your host, Nathan French. Thanks for tuning in to The Joy of Properly Placed Priorities, where we will walk through God's priority plan and a biblical outline of what that looks like. If you've been trying to get your priorities straight, today's episode... Well, friend, this is for you. Let's go. Hello, my friends. I wanted to take just a second to tell you about something exciting. Uh, That is a new addition to the communications process here at the Noteworthy Podcast. So we have an official Noteworthy email address that you can send your questions, comments, and voice memos to now directly to me so I can read all of your amazing comments, answer your questions, and uh, that email address is podcastnoteworthy at gmail.com. Podcastnoteworthy at gmail.com. I would love it if you would send in voice memos that I could feature on the show. I'd love to add a Q&A comment section to the podcast where I get to answer your questions. And to me, it'd be super cool to get to hear your voice on the show. If you're not comfortable doing that, just type out an email and send it to me and I will be sure to get back to you as well. I'm not cool enough to have my own designated hotline for the podcast, so I'm using an email address. That is right. We know how to do it fancy around here at Noteworthy. No, I'm just kidding. But be sure to send in an email. Again, that email address is podcastnoteworthy at gmail.com. I look forward to reading your comments and responding to you on the show. Speaking of the show, let's get back to it, shall we? Well, friends, welcome back to the show. I'm excited about today's episode. And uh, just as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I pray that you're having revival right there where you are at, wherever you are at in the world. I was looking at some analytics the other day uh, from the podcast and just blows my mind every time I take a look at it. It just absolutely amazes me that y'all would listen like you do. So today on the show, we are talking about properly placed priorities. 
What does that look like for you? Are you like me where you wake up every single day and you have to think something like this? What is important on my list of things I need to get done today? I'm the kind of guy that prioritizes every day. What do I need to get done today? What's on the top of my priority list? And there is a joy, and I would even say a peace that comes with knowing what your priorities are. The famous General Douglas MacArthur has a famous quote. He says, By profession, I am a soldier, and I take pride in that fact. But I am prouder, infinitely prouder, to be a father. A soldier destroys in order to build. A father only builds and never destroys. He goes on to talk about battle, and he ends his quote and says, It is my hope that my son, when I am gone, will remember me, not from the battle, but in the home, repeating with him our simple daily prayer, our Father who art in heaven. What a beautiful quote from a powerful man. Priorities matter. So what does it mean to prioritize? Well, by definition, it means to designate or treat something as more important than others. Another definition would be to determine the order for dealing with a series of tasks or items according to their relative importance. Prioritizing things is a task that must be learned to make it in this crazy world. My friend, you are not going to make it through the chaos if you don't prioritize. Here's just a few practical real-life examples. We prioritize when we pay bills. Can I get a witness in the house that maybe you have more bills than you do bank account and you have to prioritize what bills do I need to pay first until I get paid again? It's all right. We've all been there. We prioritize when we schedule our day, our week, and our month. We prioritize our time. We prioritize when we study. We prioritize when we go shopping. What do you really want to buy? Is that, uh, is that new Apple Watch really important to you? Do you need to have it? Well, to me, I very much want the new Apple Watch, but I haven't got the green light to buy it yet. <laughs> We prioritize when we pick a career. And, and priorities are, they're interesting because they tell you a lot about a person. Priorities are determined by what is important to a person. People prioritize what really matters to them. If you show me what somebody prioritizes, I can tell you a lot about the heart of that person. And so we'll play a little game here. I'm going to mention three things and I'm going to let you prioritize them. 
here's an option here. Uh, sports, health, and school. We'll take a minute. How would you prioritize that? Okay, well, for me, it would be health, school, and then sports would be way down on the bottom there of that list. <laughs> okay. But for some people, that prioritization is not so easy for them. But your mind learns how to prioritize over time based off of relevant importance to you. Here's another three options, and this one's not so cut and dry. Friends, family, and church. You see, not every priority is so cut and dry. That one may take you a moment. I'm sure that maybe some of you put church on the very top of that list and then family and then friends. But should family be above the church? Right? I mean, think about this with me for a moment. Sometimes prioritizing things is not so easy. And today I want to present to you God's priority plan. What does it look like from a biblical perspective? And this is a tug of war that life presents to all of us, and we have to learn how to prioritize in a godly manner so that we can have a life that is full and purposeful. So in the Bible, we see a priority plan laid out for us, and this plan works every time. It will never fail you. This priority plan is the biblical pathway to experiencing joy in the midst of craziness. This is a priority plan that is God's way, and it leads to a better you. But here's the hard part about God's priority plan, is that you don't get to go first. This is a very countercultural thing that I'm saying to you right now. Because we live in a culture that is me first, you first, your happiness first, nothing else matters. But what does God have to say about that? Well, God's priority plan looks like this. Jesus first, others second, you third. It's a countercultural priority plan. The world gets this plan backwards, and by doing so, deals with much anxiety and confusion. Unbalanced priorities lead to unbalanced lives. The world's priority plan looks like this. You first, others second, and then Jesus is down there at the bottom of the list, after you take care of the first two. Unbalanced priorities lead to unbalanced lives. Our culture is saying me first, right? 
I watch, I phone, I want, I need, I don't care about you, right? God's word addresses priorities differently than this world does. Now, before you come at me, because this is such a countercultural statement, I want to reveal to you why I'm saying what I'm saying and how if you put Jesus first and then others second and then you third, you will begin to see a blessed priority in your life. Philippians 2 and 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy. Okay, I want you to think about those two words. My joy. It says, by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So according to Scripture, me first is not a godly way of living. It's not the biblical plan. Your actions reveal your priorities. What do you make time for? Show me where you spend your time, and I'll show you what your priorities are. I want to share a poem with you. I wish I could tell you that I wrote it. I most certainly did not. I'm not a poet, um, even though uh, I am a songwriter, and songwriting is definitely a prolific form of poetry, but I read this. And it caught my attention. It's called Too Busy to Pray. The author is unknown. It says, I got up early one morning and I rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't take time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, You didn't ask. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly answered, Why, child? You didn't knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He answered me, But you didn't seek. I woke up early this morning, and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Wow. Did that poem blow your mind as much as it did mine? I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. It's a paradigm shift that says, Putting God first makes me better. I want to live my life through the lens of a Jesus-first priority system. When we are about our Father's business, our Father is about our business. Prioritizing God will not make you less productive or successful, but rather it sets you up for a 
successful day, a successful life. And our culture's priority plan works backwards. Let me just give you an example of the culture's priority plan. You first. Oh, you are always first. Whatever's best for you, it doesn't matter what, how it affects anybody. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It's just you first. It's just you. You're all that matters, right? If you tune into the Emmys or the Grammys, that's, that's what it's going to sound like. Self-focused. Self-motivated. And then after you would be maybe your career. After your career, your favorite sports teams. Then your hobbies. And then after you've taken care of you and your career and followed your favorite sports teams and done all your favorite hobbies, then you can begin to think about others. And then after you've considered others, Jesus is on the bottom of the list. Maybe you'll go to church if your favorite team isn't playing that day. Maybe you'll go to church as long as it doesn't affect your career. Maybe you'll go to church as long as it doesn't affect your hobbies and how much you like to play golf. Show me how you spend your time, and I'll show you what your priorities are. And this is a plan of selfishness that leads to emptiness. And an unbalanced life, it brings you to a place of, of emptiness where these things no longer can fulfill you. It's a void that career cannot fill. Hobbies cannot fill. And the void in your life is not being filled because Jesus is not at the top of your priority list. I hope I'm helping somebody today. I, I really feel this in my spirit. I've been teaching this to my youth class and it's, it's important. The joy of properly placed priorities. And so I want to walk you through where this priority plan comes from, just in case if you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. My word doesn't mean anything if it doesn't align with God's word. God's word is forever settled in heaven. And what he has to say is what really matters. And so, at the very top of the list here, we have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who walked on this earth for 33 years. He gave his life for us on Calvary. God manifest in flesh. He is first in our lives. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom. Is that confusing or does that beat around the bush? Is that not, is that not clear? No, it's, it's, it's very clear in Scripture. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But watch this. And all these things shall be added to you. You see, because when you're aligned properly, with priority, these other things shall be added to you. I don't miss out on things because I put Jesus first. No, friends. Every blessing that I have is because of him. It comes through him. 
If you bought a home, you would begin to invest in it and prepare to live in it, wouldn't you? And if we want to be a part of God's kingdom, we need to be invested into the kingdom now. Putting God's kingdom first will bless every part of your life. You just ask the small business owner who's blessed financially, and they put God first. You ask Truett Kathy how bad closing on Sunday hurt him financially. I don't think they were hurting financially at all. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A is anointed. That's the Lord's chicken. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to go there right now thinking about it. (laughs) My point is, he said we're not going to work on Sundays. And so God blessed that business. You'll be blessed financially, spiritually, relationally, mentally, spiritually. You, you, You were made and designed for that kingdom. Make sure it matters to you. And to follow Jesus requires us to live with abandon. You have to be willing to let him interrupt what you're doing and follow him. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18, you can see uh, the disciples on the shore. And Jesus comes to them. He says, follow me. This is a great example of putting Jesus first. It says in Matthew 4 and 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him because they were followers before they were fishermen. They were fishermen, but being followers of Jesus came first, and being a fisherman came second. They put Christ first. When Jesus is first, there's a a sense of uh, abandon that you live in. His word will resonate with you in a different way. And when he speaks, he will always take priority in your life. John 3 and 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. So what's some practical application here? Prayer, fasting, personal devotion, church attendance, church involvement, faithfulness. This all has to do with making Jesus first priority in your life. But then second on the priority list is others. And this is hard for, for some of you and, and even myself because we want to put us as a, as a close second, right? That God's first, we kind of get that. But the thought of putting others that are not God, <laughs> they're imperfect. They have problems. They have opinions others and yet the kingdom of God is so intricately involved with reaching others nothing unites the kingdom more than when we are unified in the mission to reach others 
Romans 12 and 10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. 1 John 4 and 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Friends, we see it throughout Scripture that our priority list has to include others. You know others, those people that are not you. (laughs) It's that person that's not you. It's somebody else. And you prioritize them. You care about them. Maybe that other person is a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Or maybe it's somebody that you passed on the street downtown and asked for $5 so that they could go to Chick-fil-A. When was the last time that we slowed down enough to move others above us on our priority list? 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 um, powerful scripture and I and I know I'm I'm doing a lot of commentating on uh, these scriptures, but I I I want to address this, and I'm I'm trying to be careful to do it in a loving way. But I've seen somewhat of an uprising in our movement of people that are not kind. Oh, man, Lord, help me say this. They're not kind to other people. And they do it in the name of spirituality. That somehow, through your spirituality, you have voided the obligation of just common kindness. And it bothers me, because I don't think it's the will of God I don't at all think that that is how Jesus or his disciples acted. I don't see this in Scripture whatsoever. There's boldness there. There's authenticity there. Um, There's a rawness and a realness. They're real people. They're imperfect people. But nowhere in Scripture do you see that when we become spiritual, we no longer have to be kind because spirituality trumps kindness. I would... uh, I would bring to you the opposite opinion that spirituality will make you more kind. That you are at your best when you are at your most spiritual point in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It should be harder for you to be unkind when you've spoken tongues that day. And Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, he's talking about speaking in tongues, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Wow. So, if I, if I speak in tongues, if I'm, if I'm spiritual... 
and I do not love, then I've just become a, a sounding brass. I've just become a, a clanging sound that is unpleasant to the ear. We are called to love others, and nothing unifies the people of God more than coming together to serve others. You don't worry about getting served when you've come to serve. Oh my goodness. You see, when you come to serve, you don't worry about getting served. <laughs> Galatians 5 and 13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Others. 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 They have to matter to us if we're going to be like Christ. And then, congratulations, my friend. You've come in third place on the joy of properly placed priorities. You. You matter. You are very much on the list of priorities. So I don't want you to misunderstand what I've been saying here because sometimes you do have to take care of you. And in order to be everything that God wants you to be, we have to be able to do a self-evaluation every once in a while. It's very difficult to pour out of an empty vessel. We need to take time to be refilled. This is one of the reasons why conferences is so special in our movement, is that people that pour out all the time can go and be ministered to, poured, poured into. We need to take care of our physical health and our mental health. Now, I'm not a great example of this when I order a Papa John's pizza at 11 p.m. with extra cheese. But you get the point. We have to do our best to take care of our health. Third John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So John takes the parallel from body and spirit and he differentiates the two for us. He says, I hope that you're in health just as your soul prospers. That's the body, your health. Self-care is not selfish. I'm going to say that one more time. Self-care is not selfish. Your body and your mind is the temple of God. And if it's, if it's uh, something that matters to God, then it's something that should matter to you. And if it's good for them, but it destroys you, you need to check the priority chart again and make sure that you are not allowing destructive things in your life that are emptying your vessel so fast that you have nothing else to pour out. 
1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So, if we are filled with God's Spirit, if His Spirit dwells in us, then we are the temple of God. And God will destroy anything that comes against and defiles the temple of God. So we have to make sure that we're taking care of the temple of God. When I was a kid, you know, the big joke was, you know, if my body's a temple, you know, I'm, I'm working on a mega temple, you know. <laughs> but we have, to, we have to have a certain amount of self-care to prevent burnout. And so I, I've spent a lot of time talking about the kingdom first, others first. And so I want to take a moment here to talk about what it looks like to put yourself on the priority list. Because sometimes you have to do that. And that's okay. We're, we're living in, we're talking about living a culture of kingdom first, others first. But in order to fulfill the first two and to be in that third place and, and doing what God wants you to do, you have to take time to think about you and what does that look like. Well, here's a few practical steps. Take some notes here. Grab your Apple Pencil. Write these down. First of all, um, I need to say that I'm stealing some of these points from our dear friend, Brittany Scott, who spoke about preventing burnout at a great music conference called Harmonic at the Pentecostals of McDonough in McDonough, Georgia. And she had some great points. I instantly grabbed my phone, started writing them down, and I stole a few of these from her. Um, first of all, sleep. You have to sleep. Jesus slept. Jesus took naps. Jesus went out on the boat, and they were all mad because it was storming. And what was he doing? He was catching a nap. <laughs> and so, friends, if Jesus isn't losing sleep over the storm, then neither should you. Get some sleep. Nobody wants to be around you when you haven't slept. You're cranky. You look tired. You're irritable. You know, <laughs> just go, 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 go take a nap. You know, my wife, Rachel, she likes to, to say, you know, Go go make a sandwich and take a nap. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to go make a sandwich and take a nap. And just take care of you for an hour or so. Give those other 23 hours, you know, you're going to be pouring out. Take, take one of those hours and make sure you're okay. Well, take eight of those hours and try to sleep. How's that sound? And if I'm doing my math correctly... That still leaves you 36 hours in your day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so number two, know your capacity. Nobody articulates this better than my friend Adam Shaw on the Restorationist podcast. Shameless plug. Go check out that podcast where he talks about increasing your capacity. But you have to know your capacity. You have to know what you can handle. 
Okay, for example, I'm an introvert, so I can tell when my introvert levels are kicking in and I'm like, okay, I need to I need to step away for a minute and just catch my breath here. That's a part of knowing your capacity, knowing your personality, knowing what makes you tick. Um, what are some uh, red flags for you when you feel like you're going to overreact? When do you need to step away? Know your capacity. Number three, um, make sure that you have a Sabbath in your life. Jesus creates the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rests. We need to take a day of rest. You need to take a day off every once in a while. You don't need to work eight days a week. Just take a day off. Spend time with your family. It's important. Take care of you. Take care of your family. You know, sometimes you just have to say, I, I'm going to put others first, but I'm, I'm setting an alarm for two hours, and for the next two hours, I'm going to spend time with my wife and play with my kids, and I'm going to take the day off. When, when you go on a vacation, you know, you don't have to answer phone calls. You don't have to answer text messages when you're on vacation. Just take a day off every once in a while. Margin. You have to know what your margin is. Margin is the space between our load and our limit. Know your limits. Once you know your limits, then you can make better decisions and you can surround yourself with people who can help you reach past where your limits start. Number five, I believe, have good friends. Man, nothing encourages me more than just my incredible family and my incredible friends. I mean, my goodness, I am just so blessed. I have great friends. And if you don't have friends, start to pray that God will give you close friends. He will do it for you. I've... Uh, you know, grew up in a ministry home, and I had to move quite a few times. I've lived in Georgia for 12 years, but I've lived in five different states. And I know what it feels like to move away from friends. And you don't lose your old friends, but you do have to make new ones. And I'm blessed to have lifelong friends from my childhood to now, and they mean the world to me. But some of my best friends in the world I've only met in the last three to ten years. Number six, have healthy habits. Have healthy habits. This will help you. If you have to get up a little earlier, if you have to go to bed a little bit earlier to make your life better, to increase your capacity, then do it. Number seven, have healthy spiritual habits. You're the best you when you've prayed. You're the best version of you when you've read your Bible. You're the best version of you when you've attended church and when you've been faithful to the things of God. So friends, the J-O-Y of properly placed priorities is found in Jesus, others, and then you. 
These are the three most important priorities in your life. And joy can be found there. I want to close this out with the scripture, Psalm 21 and 1, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. His joy manifests itself in its greatest capacity when we have our priorities properly aligned and in order. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you today. I thank you for every listener that's tuned into the podcast today. Lord, as we've unpacked this topic of your priority plan, would you help us, God, to now apply that to our lives? If we have something misaligned or out of place, would you help us to shift things around and move things around to where they need to be to put you first and your kingdom in everything that we do? We'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Friends, I love you. Thanks for tuning in to this fun episode today. I've enjoyed getting to talk to you about the joy of properly placed priorities. Also, don't forget, here at Noteworthy, we have a new email address, Podcast Noteworthy at gmail.com you can email me directly if you send your questions comments uh, to that email I will see them I will read all of them and I will reply to you Um, if not through the email I will reply to you on the podcast I will answer your questions on the show now I have a a favor I want to ask of you in closing out is that if you could Everybody has that voice memos app on your phone and you can record a voice memo and you can hit share and you can email it. Please, 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 if you want to ask a question on the show, I would love to use your voice asking the question. So ask a question on your voice memos app and email it to podcastnoteworthy at gmail.com. Please keep in mind, if you send that to me, you are giving me permission to use it on the show. So that's going to be super fun. I can't wait to implement that into future episodes. I really look forward to hearing from you. And be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It means the world. If this episode has blessed you, take a screenshot of it and share it on Instagram and tag us over at Podcast Noteworthy. We'll be sure to reshare it over there as well. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French, and we'll see you next time. God bless and good luck getting all those priorities straight. I believe you can do it. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next time.